Hello and welcome to the Trouble with the Snap podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, uh, wherever you get most of your podcasts. Uh, Feel free to check us out. Check out our Facebook page. Comment on there. Um, You know, you want to talk about something, go ahead and put it somewhere on the page. We'll find it. We'll talk about it. Uh, We got you covered in regards to Michigan and Michigan State Athletics. We also got a couple Spartans joining us in a couple of weeks, within the next couple of weeks, rather. Um, And we are still trying to iron out the details there. But, uh, you know, I do have a few confirmed. Jeremy File is not with us today. Apparently, the Nebraska-Michigan game just completely sucked his soul. And he has absolutely... uh, nothing left to give anymore uh, after this past weekend and look I don't blame him that was a really really intense game Um, you know you put in uh, you had two touchdowns uh, called back Um, but I mean they were both the right calls Uh, you know but there's three things in life that are always guaranteed and you know that is death taxes and a Martinez brother turning the ball over to help Nebraska lose a football game I mean it's just the way it is and you know I had to sit there and you know Jeremy didn't give it to me but I had to hear a lot of crap from Michigan fans talking about how oh well (laughs) you only beat Nebraska by three so did you now all right can can we just watch that Unless you want me to throw Rutgers in your face, I'll be more than happy to do that. We'll talk about Michigan State Rutgers um, and some of the concerns that I walked away with. Um, But yeah, look, this Michigan team is good. Nebraska might be the second best team in the West. Me and Jeremy talked about that over the weekend. Uh, Martinez has the ability to make a ton of plays. He also makes a ton of mistakes, and we saw that, um, like I said, uh, at the end of the game, and look, Kate McNamara, he he was what he is. He's a mediocre quarterback. He's he's not going to win a game for you. He can manage a game for you, and that's fine. That's fine. It, it works. Some quarterbacks are meant to do that, and some quarterbacks, by the way, are really really good at doing that, and they should not be taken for granted. Hey, um, but. He's not going to make those plays for you. And when you sit there and you have a guy like McCarthy, and I think here's my problem now. This is where, this is where I start getting annoyed by it because I'm all for the game manager stuff, and look, you all know that I like running the ball, I like defense, I like game management. But if you're going to sit there and try to Tim Tebow up JJ McCarthy. That, that's where I have a problem. McNamara knows that his time as a starter for the Michigan Wolverines is coming to an end. You're killing this kid's confidence. If he, if he is your starter, if he is your quarterback, stick with him. If you're trying to get McCarthy on the field, you had plenty of opportunity in blowouts, leave him out on the field. Let him play. Let him sling it. But you can't sit there and you can't tell me that this isn't damaging to McNamara when he's not, you know, he's not a senior by 
any stretch of the imagination. You're not trying to prepare the future for when McNamara is gone. You are trying to prepare the future while McNamara is there, and that's an issue. Your defense, uh, your running game, those are nice. I enjoy watching them. Uh, especially the front seven on uh, Michigan's defense. Uh, and look, everybody knows I'm such a fan of Haskins. I got to sit down and legitimately watch Blake Corham on Saturday. And look, he, he's an exciting player. I get the hype. I, I still like Haskins more just because I like that style better. You, you know, Corham's kind of this tweener type uh, running back. And Haskins more of that full tilt. Now, I mean, if you want to get technical or whatever, Walker's closer to Corum than he is Haskins, but he's more Cedric Irvin than anything else. And But, I mean, that, that's just a personal preference. But you, you can't sit there and expect McNamara to manage a game well when he's looking over his shoulder because you're going to miss a defensive lineman coming down at you. And that, that's where my concern is. I, I, I don't know what else to say in regards to that. I mean, look, it was a good game. It was nice to see Michigan not fold. That, that was something that I feel like they needed to do under the lights. Um, you know, you're going against a kid that should be a superstar quarterback. And... Look, you can say what you want about Nebraska's football program. That is a tough stadium to get wins at. Connor Cook couldn't even freaking win there all the time. Like, so it it's a tough stadium. And credit to Michigan for pulling it out. And uh, Jim Harbaugh obviously wasn't too pleased with the result as well. Uh, shaking off sideline reporter you know what that is what it is that's Jim Harbaugh I mean if you've come to expect anything else at this point you've not been paying attention but yeah th- this is a quality win against a quality opponent that is better than the record and Michigan went out and they deserved it they earned that win don't let anyone try to take that from you even though y'all tried to take it from me when Michigan State beat Nebraska. But, yeah, you know, credit to them. That That's my one concern with this Michigan team. I've got, I mean, that's my biggest concern with this Michigan team. I've, I've still got a couple other concerns. or smaller things. There are things that you can cover up with a little bit of makeup, a little bit of window dressing. You can get rid of those problems. That's not a big deal. Cade McNamara is not even that big of a problem. How he's being utilized and how McCarthy's being utilized after that is the problem. And I I think it's ultimately going to be a disaster. Cade McNamara is not going to be the starter for Michigan football this entire season. He's not going to be, and that's my my stance. I'm, I'm jumping on that Jeremy File wagon. I thought he would be. But now that I finally got an opportunity to sit down to legitimately watch a game and excuse me and, and all of that stuff, uh, yeah, that, that's where I'm at with this. Now, 
there are a, a couple of things that I want to address uh, in regards to Michigan State. This is going to be a heavier Michigan State show because that's my team. You got you got a problem with uh, all the former Spartans coming on the show? You got a problem with me talking Michigan State? Talk to Jeremy. <laughs> you know I'm 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 gonna talk my end of this, and that is the Spartans and. Um, look, they, I, there's concerns there too. Quarterback is not one of them. Peyton Thorne was amazing. By the way, the streak is alive. Me and Jeremy have been talking about it. One, The state of Michigan has been represented for Big Ten Player of the Week. Jalen Naylor, co-offensive player of the week with C.J. Stroud. Not a surprise. He got all but 13 of his yards in the first half. Not a surprise. This game, uh, look, that might have been Mel Tucker's worst game. You throw in the second half letdown, which always freaking happens now. And then you factor in uh, that clock management at the end of the first half. That, that was absolutely ridiculous. Calling the timeout with 50 seconds left here in the red zone. Why? You have two of them. You have the best running back in America. Why? Why do you need that timeout? Why did you need to use it there? Allow yourself opportunity. Not only do you have the best running back in America, up until this weekend, I don't, I don't know what's changed. I haven't looked at the stats yet, where Jaden Reed is. For all-purpose yards. Up until last week, he was leading the nation. By the way, his stats and after what happened, uh, after what happened uh, Saturday, his stats and Jalen Naylor's receiving stats are very, very similar. Each has 23 catches. They both have a ton of yards. I think Naylor has six touchdowns and Reed has five, or vice versa. And Trey mostly has got 20 receptions with over 300 yards. This is a very, very well-balanced offense that goes beyond just running and passing the ball and just Reed or Nate, or excuse me, Reed or Walker. Which, by the way, congratulations to Kenneth Walker, the longest run in Michigan State history, but this uh, this is a problem. The longest play from scrimmage in Michigan State history. Uh, 94-yard touchdown where he daffed up uh, Jalen Naylor just on his way to the end zone. I absolutely love that. Um, I Although, I think, I don't know, may, maybe it's a situation where it wasn't like a full-blown, like, showboat thing, you know, he was getting his congratulations it wasn't like a Golden Tate situation where even as a Lions fan, I kind of rooted for somebody to come and just freaking clean his clock. But th- this is the problem. Between Naylor's two 63-yard touchdowns and, you know, 65-yard flea flicker, which flea flicker you was up. Uh, aside from that, th- this offense still hasn't sustained a touchdown drive. Like... They're explosive, obviously. You had four touchdowns for over 60 yards, two for 63, one for 65, like I said, and then Walker's 94-yarder. 
you can't sustain a drive for jack right now. And that's scary. In your second half offense, when you have the lead and you're handing the ball off, to, you're, you're handing the ball off to Kenneth Walker on first down every time. Like I said, you have other weapons. Use them. I do not get why this offense becomes so stagnant in the second half of games. In the first half of games, it looks like you have Eric Bieniemy last year, and then it looks like a middle school football coach running the same play over and over just because it worked. Well, let's hand the ball off to our best player and see what happens. It's not going to work like that. You can't do that. And when you mix that in with clock management, that all comes back to coaching. I know me and Jeremy have lightened like crazy our stances on Mel Tucker. But there's only so much you can do at this point. Like, at some point. No different with Cade McNamara. At some point, Cade McNamara has to make plays. At some point, Mel Tucker and Jay Johnson are going to have to keep the pedal, like, keep the pedal to the floor throat to the neck whatever analogy you want to use at some point they're going to have to do that and I don't know if they have it in them too now could they you, I mean you hear Mel Tucker uh, talking at halftime of the Western Kentucky game I want him to quit on the field good so do I every fan does every fan wants to see 73 to 6 for any team Michigan wants to see it happen to Michigan State. Michigan State wants to see it happen to Michigan. Michigan State has hit buzzer beaters. I went to the Big Ten Championship uh, where Cassius Winston kind of came through and Matt McQuaid had 27 points. Uh, but Cassius Winston stepped up and Michigan State took a lead back from Michigan after being down. I've seen Kaitlin Lucas, I think it was 2010, Hit a jump shot to win the game at U of M. I've seen those types of games happen. 114 to 63 was a lot sweeter in 2000. That's where I'm at right now. And Mel Tucker can't do it. Or he hasn't been able to so far. He's still a young coach. Based upon uh, the amount of games played. Still technically in his first season. Even though I'm not giving him the COVID pass like everybody else is. But based on the amount of games played, look, Michigan State is 6-0. They went 7-0 last year. Or, they played seven games last year. (laughs) They did not go 7-0 last year. But, that's 13 games. That's 13. That's a 12-game season and a bowl game. Which, by the way, Michigan and Michigan State are both doing both going bowling he needs to start stepping on the throw and poor clock management he, he has the same clock management as a middle as a sixth grade kid setting his alarm for school like that's where it's at. not even for school because school you know multiple people are forcing him to go more like church 
a sixth grader trying to set his alarm for church. That's that's the clock management that Mel Tucker has. It's it's not good. It wasn't good. And this is not the first time he's done that. Obviously, it wasn't to this extent, but his his clock man, he's got some issues as far as his clock management goes. And people want Dog D'Antonio all they want. Yeah, he had a couple bad calls. There's nothing like what I saw at the end of the first half. Luckily, it didn't end up mattering in the grand scheme of things. Peyton Thorne still enough. Jalen Naylor still enough. Kenneth Walker. <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Walker had the quietest 80 yards I think I've ever seen in a college football game. That was unbelievable what he was doing, averaging over seven yards to carry. Look, he you can talk about the Heisman all you want. He he's absolutely a front runner right now. He's the front runner right now in my opinion. Especially when you consider okay, Michigan State is six and L. Michigan State was two and five last year. Jaden Reed was there, Jalen Naylor was there, Peyton Thorne was a backup, which he never should have been to begin with. So Peyton Thorne was there, and they thought somebody was better than him. What changed? What changed? Why is this offense that was at the bottom of the Big Ten for the last couple of seasons all of a sudden among the top in the Big Ten? Getting over 500 yards a game. Well, answer's Kenneth Walker. So, I'm yeah, he absolutely should be considered for the Heisman. Yes, he absolutely should be the favorite for the Heisman right now. I don't think that's going to hold, though. Because now you're getting into that pool play. You're getting into that area where uh, you got to go against Aiden Hutchinson still. you got to go against Penn State still. you got to go against Ohio State still. I don't think Ohio State's defense is all that spectacular, and I think he may be able to, uh, I'm not going to say boost his numbers, but I think he can get decent numbers against OSU. I don't think they're gonna, they can hang with OSU, because like I said, I don't think Michigan State can sustain a long drive. I love the highlight plays, I love these home runs, I love the flea flicker you thing, I think it's absolutely incredible. And I'm just, at this point, I'm curious if you can play legitimate football. Can you sustain a drive? Your defense, you know, Rutgers would come down and score, you'd score right back. And that's cool. You you have the ability to answer. You have that resilience, and that's something that you want to see. But can you, when you need to, Sustain a drive and keep your defense off the field. Because you're hurting defensively. And by the way, you notice how Rutgers' defense just completely shut down in the second, or offense shut down in the second half? I wonder if that had anything to do with Cal Halliday's return. That's all I'm saying. Cal, Cal Halliday was impressive. Made the first couple stops in the second half. 
<laughs> this kid's going to be really, really good, especially for as young as he is. Um, just, I'm looking forward to seeing him play, uh, coming down the stretch and seeing him step up and improve uh, defense that's just, a defense that's, look, already one of the top pass rushing teams in the country. Uh, obviously, you only play with two linebackers, but look, that kid, that kid makes a world of difference. And uh, it's going to be um, exciting to see if they can put it all together. Obviously, there's some holes on the defensive end as well, especially at cornerback. You know, that's the type of thing that happens. But when you're, uh, I don't want to say rebuild, because you're rebuilding from 7 and 6. But you completely rebuilt the roster. And so, and most of the guys are still D'Antonio guys, but then you got a lot of depth guys uh, in there. I am concerned about the cornerbacks, and, you know, uh, Lowry uh, finally got to play a little bit for Michigan State. He's a transfer. Um, played over Brantley. He he was way too handsy. If, if I'm an offensive coordinator, that's where I'm going at. He got away with one because it was overhead of uh, the receiver. It wasn't a catchable ball in the corner of the end zone. That's nice. Whatever. The the other one I'm just completely shocked he got away with as far as pass interference calls go. Look, Marquis Lowry, uh, I mean, he looks the part. Um, he's athletic. He's strong. He's physical. Um, just might be a little too physical. Concerns me. And if... I'm Michigan. I'm kind of doing what Michigan State did to you last year. I don't know if McNamara can do it as well as Rocky Lombardi did. As sad as it is to say, just because I don't trust him to really throw a deep ball on contested coverage. But Lowry, I'm I'm going deep on him. I'm going deep on him. Hold me. I don't care. I'm getting five yards. I'm getting the first down. Pass interference, 15 first down. Well, whatever. Do it. Take how you can get it. If I'm Michigan, that's what I'm looking at. If I'm any offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis is Josh Gaddis is already watching that film, and he already knows what to do. But yeah, we'll be back uh, maybe later this week with an interview. Uh, like I said, we still got to iron out some details, but we got a couple commitments. We are looking forward to uh, talking some Michigan State with some former Spartan dogs like I said got a problem with the lack of Michigan people who uh, come on our show talk to Jeremy that's his job <laughs> but yeah both teams going bowling both teams 6-0 and uh, it's good to see for the state and uh, we will talk about Michigan State's game for the old brass spittoon that is coming up later this week uh, we'll hit you up with our preview show like I said, uh, these interviews may throw off our schedule a little bit, but we'll do that later this week for sure. But that does it. Excuse me. That does it for the Troubled Snap Podcast. I am Tyler, Hay- Tyler Hayward. <laughs>